we celebrate the greatest and the worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about the Barbie movie, which I recently saw. So I'm going to give a little backstory of the movie. And then if you don't want to know spoilers, because this is a a movie that you want to go completely clean into when going into the theaters or whenever you see it on HBO Max, because it will be on HBO Max since it is a Warner Brothers movie, then I will tell you when that is. And then you don't have to listen to that part. Now, most of you guys know that Barbie has done very well. It's already made, at the time of this recording, close to a billion dollars internationally. And it likely will get close, if not eclipse, Super Mario Brothers as the number one movie of 2023. And I doubt anything the remainder of this year will come close to that. We do have Meg 2, which will do well. I mean, there's a certain segment of the population that likes the, the big shark movie. We also have Aquaman later on. We have the Hunger Games reboot we talked about in a previous episode. There's Wonka, but I don't think any of those are going to catch the zeitgeist the way Barbie Oppenheimer did, Barbenheimer did. Because Oppenheimer, which came out on the same weekend, we have an episode on this we covered about two weeks ago when they both were dropped on July 21st, has done exceedingly well as well, close to $500 million, which is the biggest Christopher Nolan movie ever, ever. So with Barbie, it's directed by Greta Gerwig. It is co-written by Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. The, both of them are, are pretty famous in the indie world for doing indie-esque Manhattanite, intelligentsia, literati, snobby kind of movies. That's the way I, I tend to look at their movies. I think they're both intelligent and they're both very witty. And you can see it certainly played out in this Barbie movie. The movie also has Ryan Gosling, of course, and it has America Ferreira. Uh, probably most famous from the Traveling Pants movies, has essentially the, the main female protagonist. So the plot, the plot's essentially this. There are Barbies that live in a, in a Barbie world. In the Barbie world, all the Barbies are called Barbie, and all the Kens are called Kens. Now all the Barbies, of course, look differently, different races, and so forth. And there's Margot Robbie's Barbie, which is stereotypical Barbie, as they call it. But there's also like Dr. Barbie, Astronaut Barbie, and so forth. And then all the Kens look like different Kens of different races and so forth, but they are all different Kens. And in this world, like in, in true Barbie world, the Kens are a second second class citizens to the Barbies. And the Barbies get to live in the Barbie mansions and have all the preeminent spots. So the president is a Barbie. Uh, the Supreme Court justices are Barbie. Anytime somebody wins a Nobel Peace Prize, it, it's a female because it's a Barbie and and so forth. And there's the real world, and the two worlds can can be uh, reached by either party, and you find that out later on. Either way, so the first 20 minutes of the movie is Barbie just having fun, and Ken having fun at the beach, beaching, so to speak, because that's what he does the best. And then eventually, through a series of events, Barbie starts to have an existential crisis, she uh, starts to have to walk on her feet instead of her heels. She gets cellulite. She has dread about her own existence. Does anybody think about death and so forth? So she goes to Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon, 
And Weird Barbie has kind of a snippet as to why she's acting this way and tells her that she needs to go on an adventure to the real world to find the woman or girl that is playing with her in the real life and then figure out what's wrong with her. And if you can heal her, then you can not have cellulite and be perfect again and come back to Barbie world. So like like Conrad's uh, great novel, or great work, I should say, uh, Man, Hero with a Thousand Faces, It's, it's the movie is an adventure. It's a fish out of water and, and some other things. And so she goes on the adventure. Ken goes with her, even though he's not supposed to. He smuggles himself into the Barbie car. And then they go into the real world where they both have this idea of what the real world's going to be, Barbie thinks, because of the Barbie's influence on on girls that the real world is essentially a gynocracy where women run everything. And, and then so she gets there and realizes that it's nothing like that at all and that there's a patriarchy and an evil patriarchy. And she also realizes that a lot of girls don't like Barbie because of what Barbie represents. And then when when Ken is there in the real world, he experiences his own kind of epiphany and that there is a patriarchy and then in this world men quote rule close quote so he goes on his own adventure of of being kind of uh i guess contaminated is i i would probably think the way gerwig and Bobek would would describe it but he gets his own idea of what what a what a male dominated world would be and so in his mind it's essentially gym working out gyms horses Ronald Reagan, there's this weird collage. He starts reading books, and then he goes back to Barbie land to install essentially a, a, a patriarchy where the Kens take over, and the Barbies, when when Margot Robbie's Barbie is gone, become, I guess you would call submissive. They want to help and, and serve beers to the Kens, and the Kens move into the Barbie palaces and all these things, and eventually... Ryan Gosling's Ken is the leader of the Kent who want to topple the gynocracy that's in Barbie land. And Margot Robbie's Barbie finds who her real humans are. And it's played by America Ferrer and her, her petulant tweeny daughter. And eventually they come back to Barbie land and she is healed. And then there's this fight at the end between the Kens and the Barbies to reassert who is going to control Barbie land. And there's going to be a vote in the parliament that the men have arranged where the men will win this vote. But what Barbie does, Margot Robbie's Bobby, is that she, along with Weird Barbie, Kate McKinnon's character, they start unbrainwashing or deprogramming each Barbie that's been programmed to believe that patriarchy is bad and that they shouldn't be nice to the kins and deprogram each of them and then they go about subverting all the kins by pitting the kins against one another to distract them into this big fight with the different kins at the end of the movie so they can stop the vote let's take a break I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio the oldest one we have is the Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So they can stop the vote of the Kens taking over. The Barbies retake everything. The Kens go back to where they were, the subordinates. And there's even a part where the Kens are like, well, can we at least have one of the nine Supreme Court justice spots? And the, the president, Barbie, who's played by Issa Rae, she's like, no, no. You guys are always going to be second tier. And that's essentially the general gist of the movie. There is another plotline with Will Ferrell being the, the CEO of Mattel. He finds out early on when Barbie and Ken get to the real world that they've infiltrated the real world. And so they try to find her and him and put her in a box because they're worried about what this might do. Then eventually they go to Barbie land and the plot really doesn't matter in terms of them. So what, what are the pros and cons of this movie? First of all, let's look at the pros. I think that Barbie will be nominated for some Academy Awards. Let me drink my tea here. I think I think for certain below the line, I think the world that Greta Gerwig creates in, in the Barbie world is quite striking and quite beautiful and just dead on. Now, you know, in full disclosure, I did not play with Barbies ever as a child. I had two older brothers to talk about in that episode on my backstory that I released probably about three weeks ago. I never played with Barbies. I don't have a connection with Barbies. Clearly, this movie is meant for females and gays. But... With the Barbies, uh, the I have two daughters, and I've had like doll houses and stuff, and I've seen enough of the dark the Barbie cartoons that are on Amazon and Netflix, like Barbie's Princess Charm School, Barbie's Mermaid. Now, there's so many of these. So I kind of have an idea of what the Barbie world's like, but she does a, a striking job with it. It's whoever the production designer is does a great job and deserves at least Academy Award nomination. And the world is it's quite funny in the Barbie world because there's no sex. As Barbie mentions when she gets to the real world that neither she nor Ken have genitalia. So there's no concept of anything sexual. There's a part, the early part, where Ken's like, can I come over to your house, Barbie? She's like, yeah, sure. It's like, what are we going to do there? And Ken's like, I don't know. Because they have no concept. They also don't drink anything. So in the, in the morning, Barbie's drinking orange juice, but she just pours the cup out and there's nothing... That's coming out. She takes showers and there's no water. And it's just a very strange world. But the, but the, the design, the, the, the dresses, the outfits, very unique. Very unique. I think the movie suffers in the middle part when they do go to the real world. Because I think the first and the third acts, which take place in Barbie Land, are actually the best parts. But in terms of positives, the movie is well written as expected. I mean, these are two very uh, intelligent writers. And... As expected, they do write from a liberal and, and third-wave feminist perspective. 
Uh, I think Bombak would be considered in the red pill world a mangina, social justice warrior type. And Gerwig has definitely has an agenda in, in this Barbie movie. That being said, there is subversive elements in it that children would not necessarily pick up on. I think if you take a 10-year-old to see this movie, they will probably notice the cultural Marxist tactic of, battle, of, of pitting the sexes against one another because that's what this movie is really about, pitting men against women. There's even a scene in the very beginning where Helen Mirren is the narrator and she talks about how girls have always had dolls their whole life and they show, it's like the pioneering days, girls are playing with a baby doll, but they were always baby dolls. And then they play also Sprock Zarathustra by, by Strauss, the 2001 theme. And then they show Barbie, the real life Barbie. And then after the these kids are probably like eight, see this Barbie, this human, just gigantic Barbie played by Margot Robbie, they start destroying their babies. And to me, this is very subtle in that it's very anti-natalist, meaning it's anti-having children, because they see this Barbie and then they want to destroy their baby dolls, which represent children. Either way, so in terms of the positives, I think it's well-written, it's clever. Now, going into it, I had read some reviews saying that it was very funny, and I knew that it was doing very well in the theaters, but I expected it to be funny, laugh out loud funny, and I barely laughed. I mean, there were some just funny takes on like Depression Barbie and some other takes that were, were really targeted toward millennials that I thought were pretty funny, but overall, as a whole, I did not laugh at all in this movie, and there are parts of this movie, especially in the one of the parts I was just like, can this end? This, this movie is not that good. And I was disappointed in that regard, that I didn't think the movie was that good. That being said, I am a cinephile, but I am not the target of this movie. The target of this movie are women and women of all ages, but certainly I think millennial women and then Gen Z women. But really, I mean, this could be Gen X women because all women have grown up with Barbie. So the movie really wasn't geared toward me. At the very end of the movie, and these are spoilers, of course. I, I, I did the spoilers too soon here. She meets the creator of Barbie, who's played by Ray Parman, who's Danny DeVito's real-life partner, I think still, but you would recognize her. She was in Cheers, the old 80s show. And she tells Barbie, essentially, as the creator, as the god in this movie, that she can either go back to Barbie world and be a Barbie, or she can become a human. And then there's this, this montage at the end because Barbie, it's a strange, it's a strange movie in that, like in Barbie world, they they I guess can read, and they're watching like the Godfather movies in Barbie world. So it's just kind of weird to understand the connect and disconnect of like what these Barbies can do and what they know and what they don't know. Because in Barbie world, there's no old people. So when Barbie goes to the real world, she sees old people. She sees people going through emotions that are not typically found in Barbie world. But either way, so the, the creator tells you you can go back to Barbie or be a human. And then there's this montage that Gerwig does of of like girls and women having fun and birthday parties throughout different generations. And then that's what it's like to be a human. And so at the end, Barbie says, yes, she wants to be a human. And the final scene is she walks into the real world to an office. She's like, I'm ready to see my gynecologist, which is a kind of funny tongue and joke. Forgot a girl wig. But you know, you know, when they showed the montage of like what it's be to be a human before she chooses to be a human, they should put like, I don't know, scenes of death, struggle, suffering, because that is also part of being human. It's just not birthday parties and playing with dolls. So let's look at the performances. I think Gerwig will be directed 
for, or I'm sorry, will be nominated for Best Director. I do think that Gerwig and Baumbach will be nominated for Best Original Screenplay uh, because partly the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences loves these two people. They both have been nominated in the past. Uh, as recently as 2023, Baumbach was nominated for Marriage Story, both for Writing and for Best Picture, and Gerwig for Lady Bird uh, as well. So they're both Academy darlings who've made a very successful mainstream movie. So I think for that regard, I think Barbie will likely be nominated for Best Picture as one of the up to 10 movies. I would not be surprised. Similar to how Top Gun was nominated last year because it made such a killing and kind of resurrected the, the to a certain extent, resurrected the theaters after the, the COVID slump. So I wouldn't be surprised if Barbie the movie is nominated, but I'm certainly guaranteed that Gerwig will be nominated for Best Director and then the aforementioned for Best Screenplay. Robbie, I think, does a good job. It's it's an understated job, and I honestly thought she was very good in Babylon. We have an episode here on my take on Damien Chazelle's Babylon, which I thought it was actually a very good movie if you took away 30 minutes of the movie. And Barbie, she's got to play this role, which I think I don't think she's getting enough credit for, but she's got to ride this fine line between being, of course, the perfect Barbie princess, but actually showing emotion and running through a whole gamut of emotions. And I think she does well in that. I don't honestly think she needs what will should be dominated for Best Actress, but I would not be surprised if she's if she is, especially given the strike and the studios are likely going to be pushing back some movies into 2024 because right now because of the strike they can't get their stars to publicize for it or advertise for it or do the press junkets so i think it's going to winnow out some movies in the fall so i wouldn't be surprised nature abhors a vacuum that Mar- margot robbie gets a best actress nomination for this ryan gosling i think is tremendously funny in this movie and steals the movie because the the first half of of barbie she, he's playing the kin but once he comes back and gets, in, quote, infected by patriarchy and brings it back to Barbie world, he changes. He starts wearing this mink coat and he he changes the Barbie house into the, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the Ken Mojo Dojo Casa of Awesomeness or something like that. And they, he and the other Kens change into the, change the Barbie world into this, what they, what Ken perceives to be masculinity which is not masculine at all and Gosling's great in this because he gets all the funny jokes and clearly he knows he's he's in on the joke and Gertwig and Robbie did a good job of picking Gosling to be Ken because Gosling fits this role perfectly and the other thing a great thing about Gosling in this movie is that he sings and he dances there's a couple musical numbers in this movie there's one early on with with Margot Robbie uh, dancing with all the Barbies but there is a choreographed dance song sequence that Ken Gosling sings uh, about being a Ken. And he's great. And it's just great because if you guys know his background, he was in the Mickey Mouse Club with Britney Spears and, and Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake and all that. And he did do some dancing, of course, in La La Land. But to hear him sing again and dance is is really great. And he has a really good portrayal in this movie. And he runs the emotions because one of the reasons why Ken embraces the quote toxic patriarchy is because he is a simp who loves barbie and the whole movie he tells barbie he loves her but barbie doesn't love him and she's straight i was like i don't feel that way for you i don't i don't like you and so a lot of his his toxic masculinity is born out of anger and hurt because deep down he still loves margot robbie 
So Ryan Gosling's got to communicate this really well, and he does a good job. I think he steals the movie, but I also think Margot Robbie does a great job of of being Barbie. But Gosling gets all the the funny moments, and I think that's why people will think that he steals the movie. And uh, I would not be surprised if he's nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know if it, it would be for Best Supporting. Or I, I think what Warner Brothers will do is look at the categories and like whichever one they think he has a better chance of winning, they'll put him in because he could arguably be best actor uh, and best supporting as well. The other, the other people, I'm not going to give too much. Say America Ferrera plays like the woman that is is Margot Robbie's uh, Barbie doll owner and her and her daughter. I mean, they're fine. Kate McKinnon's playing Kate McKinnon, and pretty much everyone else in the in the in the movie is is fine. They're winning. Yeah, they're fine, but but really, it's those two main actors. Will Ferrell plays kind of the Mustafa role that he plays in Awesome Powers and Mugatu and Zoolander, just kind of that over-the-top villain, but he's not really a villain. And there's some parts in, in Barbie, like when he's chasing Barbie in in the um, the company headquarters, it's just really stupid. And, and there were parts of this movie that I just thought, God, this movie's so dumb. It's so dumb. So in closing, would I recommend Barbie? Uh, no, I would not recommend Barbie, uh, but any woman who's listening to this is gonna go see Barbie either way. It's definitely hit the zeitgeist because of Twitter and social media, and there's Barbie parties, and there's so many people who are gonna go see this multiple times. And as I mentioned, it's only been out about two weeks and it's already made $800 million. So no matter what I say, people are gonna see it. I would tell you that if you're a red pill guy, vis-a-vis intersexual dynamics, I do think that the movie is quite interesting to watch because the movie definitely has a scathing subversive element to it where essentially it reminds me of wicker man the old nick cage movie which was a reboot of a movie from the 70s where nick cage is brought to this island i think he's a cop and he's brought to this island that's run by women it's a matriarchal society the men are only there to do slave essentially slave labor and then breed with the women to create more women and at the end he realizes that he's going to be sacrificed as a, a, a sacrifice to the wicker the, the the pagan gods that these women worship in this island and so he's put in this gigantic wicker man and burnt alive and it just kind of reminded me of that because in the barbie world it's it's this this idea of women running the world and then the idea that men leading the world is bad and that men bringing masculine qualities back to barbie land is bad because man needs to be in its secondary status and i get it look at the movie is an allegory because in in the barbie world the ken are secondary because it's it's supposed to be kind of transmitted to you that in the real world women are secondary and that we live in a patriarchy i would tell you that look objectively and this is not to get political Certainly CEOs are predominantly male and the majority of representatives in the United States are predominantly male. But I will tell you that if you look at degrees earned, it's predominantly female. Everything from high school to law degrees, medical degrees, graduate degrees, it's predominantly female. If you look at the court systems, the court systems are exceedingly skewed to women on every level. So this this idea that there, there's this patriarchy, I, I would not agree with at but you can definitely pass over at Spotify if you disagree with me or agree with me on that. I would really like to hear from you guys. Post in the comments what your take on Barbie is whenever eventually you see it. Come back to this uh, episode if you wait until it's streaming or you buy it online. Guys, please rate and review on Apple Spotify because it helps grow this channel. It helps the algorithm grow this channel. So please do so if you haven't done so already. 
Also, there's a link in the episode notes for PayPal to make a donation. There's also a link to the website, theeclecticalgregorio.com, which hosts all these feeds and also has hundreds of articles and recipes. It's a website that has over a thousand pages. So go check it out. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rack. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time, 